Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, we are back. Welcome to episode 37 of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. It's our first episode of 2019. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Ben Johnson and welcome to the show. Before we start, just to let you know that we are giving away Jean-Claude Van Damme's new film The Bouncer on Blu-ray in this month's competition, courtesy of Dazzler Media. To be in with a chance of winning, simply sign up to our monthly newsletter now at kungfumovieguide.com. The monthly newsletter is the best way to keep up to date with all the latest news and reviews from the world of martial arts movies and to also get your hands on free stuff. Become a registered Foo follower today by visiting the Kung Fu Movie Guide homepage. Type in and verify your email address and we will do the rest. Full competition details for The Bouncer will be announced in our next newsletter released on the 28th of April. That's this Sunday. So good luck. Okay, we've got a pretty awesome show in store for you today for the first episode of Season 4 of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. So, without any further ado, let's get on with it. Here we go! Well, if you're really so determined to have a fight, then I'll oblige! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast, episode 37. It's our first one of 2019. Thank you all so much for your patience and for hanging in there. The break was a little bit longer than I had originally anticipated, but I will explain a little bit more about why that was in a second. Before I do, we should mention that we've got none other than Shannon Lee, Bruce Lee's daughter, on the show today, which is pretty awesome indeed. It was an absolute treat to be able to spend a bit of time talking to Shannon over the telephone. And we got about 35 minutes with her and... During that time, we managed to cover quite a bit of ground. Shannon is one of the executive producers on a new 10-part martial arts drama series called Warrior, which debuted on Cinemax in the US on the 5th of April, and it continues its run every Friday night. Uh, The show is based on an original concept by her father, Bruce Lee, and is set during the brutal Tong Wars of San Francisco's Chinatown, in the latter half of the 19th century. The media team at Cinemax and HBO were very kind to send me the first eight episodes of this, which I very much enjoyed watching. It takes Lee's original concept and really delves a lot deeper into the social and political situation of the time. And a lot of the themes of the show feel very prescient. And it does also feature some really top-notch Uh, martial arts action in it as well. The show is created by Jonathan Tropper, who also did the series Banshee for Cinemax. 
And it is also executive produced by Justin Lin, famous for his Fast and Furious films. The show has already received quite a lot of positive reviews, and I would strongly urge anyone listening to this to go and check it out. Bruce Lee did talk a little bit about the warrior concept when he was interviewed on the Pierre Burton show back in 1971. And we can play a little audio clip from that interview for you now. So now uh, two things have happened. First, there's a pretty good chance that you'll get a TV series in the States called The Warriors in which you use what, the martial arts uh, in a Western setting? Uh, that was the original idea. Now, yeah. Paramount, you know, I did Longstreet yeah. for Paramount, and Paramount wants me to be in a television series. On the other hand, Warner Brother wants me to be in another one, but both of them, I think, they want me to be in a modernized type of a thing, and they think that Western idea is out, but whereas you would I use, want... You want to do the Western, eh? I want, because, you see, I mean... How else can you justify all these punching and kicking and violence yeah. except in that period of the West? I mean, in, the, in nowadays, I mean, you don't go around on the street kicking people or punching people. Because if you do, yeah. that's it. I mean, I don't care how good you are, you know. Bruce Lee there talking about the show Warrior, which has now finally made it onto the screen. It's really refreshing to see a show like this with such a strong and diverse cast, particularly for a a primetime American series. And it's especially great to see the British-born actor Andrew Koji in the lead role. Andrew plays Ah Sam. He's a martial arts prodigy who emigrates from China to San Francisco under mysterious circumstances. And he quickly ends up joining one of Chinatown's most powerful Tongs. That's the name for the Chinese organised crime families. Andrew had done quite a bit of television and theatre work here in the UK for a number of years before landing the lead role in Warrior. And before this, he did do some stunt work as well. He worked on the film Fast and Furious 6. And he's also worked on shows like American Gods and The Innocents. But this is very much his big break. And he absolutely relishes the role, uh, playing this uh, cocky Bruce Lee type character who finds himself embroiled in this world of crime and vice. It was awesome to be able to have a quick conversation with Andrew for this episode of the show. And... Both of those conversations will be coming up shortly. Before all that, I did just want to say a quick thank you to everyone who did send me messages over the last few months while I've been away. A lot of people have been asking about the show, wondering when it'll come back for the new season, which is very kind of you. It's nice to be uh, missed in a way. Uh, So thank you all for that. There were a few things happening in the background with the website itself, uh, which I think I have mentioned here on the show before. But anyway, it did end up taking a little bit more time to fix than originally anticipated. However... We are all up and running now, which is great news, and it does mean that we can continue to present this show via the website as well as continuing to distribute it across all the usual podcast providers, one of which is now Spotify, uh, which is exciting news. If you use Spotify to listen to podcasts, then that's great. You can now log on to Spotify and find us and follow us on that as well as all the other 
usual places. And if you do subscribe to the show already and you quite like the show, then all we ask is that you leave us a review or a star rating with your podcast provider and that would be a great help. So thank you for your followers. If you've done that already, that's awesome. Uh, if you haven't, then please do log on and do that. The updates to the website also now means that we can really work towards bulking up the content on the site, particularly our database of reviews. And this is where we would really like to hear from you, the loyal Foo followers. If you do have a passion for film critiquing and specifically martial arts movies, then we would love to hear from you. Register your interest in writing for the Kung Fu Movie Guide by sending us a sample review of your favourite martial arts film to hello at kungfumovieguide.com. You don't have to write war and peace or anything, just 100 words or so should be fine. And we may not reply to every email, but we do definitely read every email that we are sent. So if you are interested in joining the KFMG family, please do drop us an email with your work to hello at kungfumovieguide.com. There are, of course, other ways to get in touch with the show. We are all over social media. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Okay, let's talk Warrior. We will hear from Shannon Lee shortly, but before that, I had a quick chat with the film's star, Andrew Koji. A massive thank you to Alyssa Michnevitz at Cinemax and HBO for arranging both of these conversations. Thank you so much, Alyssa. The show is called Warrior. It is a Cinemax original series. It's screening right now in the US. Here's a little clip from the trailer to the show, and after that, you will hear me talking to its star, Andrew Koji. You think you can take me on? That's the wrong question. Oh yeah? What's the right one? Do you really want to find out? There are 25,000 Chinese living in this city. And more coming every day. You do what you have to to survive. There's about a hundred different ways it can bury you. Someone has to start fighting back. Hello, Ben. Andrew, how's it going? Yeah, I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Are you still based in London, then? Are you still here in the UK, or are you, are you um, off the back of this? Are you going to be moving out to, to Hollywood anytime soon? I think I think my plan... I am still based in London. I'm not in London right now, but um, I'm, uh, I probably will be moving to LA, I think, at the end of... towards the end of this year. Um... Just because I'm thinking uh, it seems to be work taking me out there. Um, I've always kind of wanted to go. Um, I think there's more opportunities for uh, ethnic actors in in, in America right now. Um, So I and also I'd like a bit of sun. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can tell you because I'm phoning you from London right now, and uh, I think the sun did come out, but it is a very cloudy day today. So uh, no, you're certainly not missing much uh, back home. Um, Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Although it is going to warm up apparently, but um, no, that's an interesting point you've made there because you're saying that the the, the actual roles that you were you're being given here in the UK are they are they quite limited? Then are they? Yeah, I find them to be quite limited and, and, and uh, quite um, 
and, and certainly for uh, roles which may have, uh, you know, big break kind of roles, uh, which could change your career. Um, definitely, I hardly ever went up for. You know, I, I get those. Um, those uh you know when there's a guest lead in something yeah. and you need an, an Asian face and uh, as a guest lead uh, yeah though that's when I'd be going for it and then and then um it'll be every now and again it wouldn't be enough to to live on really yeah. and have to do theater or have to balance it out on another job um so yeah i mean i i, I found and and probably i i think I went up for three leading roles in the space of the past seven, eight years, say, in London. Wow. Um, and everything else has been like a, you know, small role here and yeah. there or they need an Asian face here and there. You're RSC trained, aren't you? I mean, you're a, you're a trained actor and you do have this background in, in theatre. That's amazing that there wasn't, you know, more roles that were coming, yeah. uh, com- coming to you. Yeah, it, it was, I think, because I think we've had, um, you know the uh, BAME, Black and Minority Ethnic uh, Inequity. We have it there. Yeah. Uh, I think there was quite a um, a movement going on uh, because we we saw the numbers decline in terms of representation over the past few years um, in terms of different uh, opportunities. Um, I mean, yeah, I did I did theatre and, and and trained, uh, but I did theatre specific. Uh, Mainly for only when we play when they were doing either um, an open kind of open ethnicity kind of thing, yeah. uh, or uh, when they'd be doing a Chinese or an Asian themed play. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I grew up in in, in Surrey, in England, um, and I always saw myself as British, as, as English, and I never used to see myself as you know Asian in, in that way. I'd be going up for pure Chinese roles, pure Korean. I hardly ever went for a Japanese role, ironically, because I'm half Japanese. Um, and I'd never be seen for, you know, or very, very rarely be seen for uh, a British or an open, uh, uh, what do you call it? An, uh, what do you call, what do they call it? Colorblind, an open, colorblind kind of role. Um, so, uh, yeah, over time it was just like, uh, they can only keep it up for so long. Uh, I, I feel like, you sure. know, you can only kind of, and I hope there's another, another Asian role coming up soon. Um, especially for, for I think when when me being mixed, um, it's a bit different as well yeah. on top of that because yes. then you know I'm not, I'm either not Chinese enough for this or I'm not I can't speak the language enough for the other thing or, you know, uh, physically you know you're not you, you stand out because you're you're mixed instead of full. You know, different slight different appearance and. And all that. Now you're playing here in a really big show, Cinemax. You're getting great reviews. It's a leading role in this huge show. First of all, let's talk about that auditioning. Did you audition for this then? Is that how you landed the role? Yeah, I mean, I auditioned uh, and um, I, first I didn't think I'd get it. I was about to, honestly, I finished this play in the Regent's Park theatre and um, that was a very difficult <laughs> play to do and very difficult difficult job to do and I was about to give up I was, I was going to pack it in as an actor I was like I can't keep doing this um, turn it almost about to turn 30 um, and I was like I can't and I'm a single child uh, only child from a single 
parent household. So I was like, I can't, I'm almost turning 30. I need to be able to support myself fully, you know? Um, so I was about to give up and then I didn't think I'd get this role at all. Uh, me not being uh, Chinese, me not uh, having done martial arts for a while. Um, and I, I, this was just another audition at the time. And it was like, yeah, screw it. Maybe I need it. I needed a job. My mum convinced me to do the uh, audition. I didn't, uh, I was going to just, I was like, screw it. Okay. One last, one last, um, audition and I'll, I'll, I'll put my heart into this and then say that if it's not going to be then I'll screw it I'll, I'll, I'll pack it in and um, a few days later I got the call to come out to LA and um, to invite be invited out to LA me thinking that nothing would actually happen so I'll, I'll just at least this be a cool story I'll be flown to LA for a screen test um, I doubt anything will come off for it but I'll just show them what I can do you know and then um <laughs> and then here we are. <laughs> yeah. Um it's kind of an amazing it's a pretty amazing story isn't it Andrew? You must have to pinch yourself really. Uh and it's such a diverse role as well because you've got to do so much in this role. You're you know you're the kind of you're the sex symbol, you're like the tough guy. It's a romantic element uh, to it as well. You're playing this kind of fish out of water character. There's so mu- much different stuff that you've got to sort of channel in this role. I just wonder how much of a say did you actually have in like crafting the character of Assam, did you did you have much leeway there and flexibility in in shaping the role? Yeah, oh, that's a nice question. Um, yeah, I think um, I think it was once I met Jonathan and um, they they the, even the, the the screen test the audition when we met uh, Shannon and Justin and everyone um, and the director we had at the time at Saf, uh, it was very much. What? Who are you? And and what? Uh, what's your interpretation of this role? Um, there was a nod to Bruce Lee through the m- mannerisms and the gestures, and and there was that was a little gateway to help me um, come up with his backstory and all that, um, and 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 um, the physicality obviously was, was was more based on Bruce Lee. But um, I think yeah, they definitely. I think once. Uh, it, uh, it was during the pilot, and and I think they they uh, it, it was they were kind of just seeing what I was doing, and I I, I went all out for the for the pilot. I I, I trained, I prepared, I did I, I did things, I, I tried different things out, like method things, you know, for the role to try and because I was like, well, I'm, I'm gonna, and I thought at the time pilot because we had pilot and we had a hiatus in between the pilot, pilot and the rest of the season. So I thought, well, screw yeah. it. I'm, you know, this might just be the pilot. So I'm just going to really channel every bit of myself and honest, try and be as honest as I can through this, um, through this pilot. And, um, I think they liked what, what they were, what I was doing. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> they, they just let me keep doing it. I think during the pilot and even during season one of shows, it's all about finding everything coming, everything coming into place. And, uh, you know, I think, um, Jonathan didn't, Jonathan Chopper didn't, uh, um, know that who, who, who they'd end up casting or know that he'd find me or, or what have you. And, and then so it was like, Oh, wow, this guy can do that. So let's do it. Let's do this. Yeah. With the song. Let's do that. with the song. 
do you know how much, how many people you sort of beat to get the role? There must have been quite a few people auditioning for you know such a huge show like this. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know um, how many in total. I know well, Alexa, the casting director, told me she saw a lot of people, and uh, my my yeah. name got um, went under the radar a good few times over the few months, and then somehow it got brought back up my name, and then I I do I remember seeing like six other guys in the um, waiting room <laughs> of the uh, HBO. <laughs> thing and then I was like, oh, he's up for the role and he, oh, he's going to get it, oh, he's going to get it, oh, whatever. <laughs> you must have had discussions about how much of Bruce Lee are you going to put into this role? You've sort of got the mannerisms down, the way that you move, the way that you fight. There's definitely nods in the choreography to Bruce Lee, um, but it, but it's not a straightforward Bruce Lee impression, is it? It's, it's, a, it's a lot more... Um, you know, evolved and a lot deeper than that. I'm just wondering what what was the level of the conversations you were having on set ar- around that? Um, yeah, that, yeah, definitely at the beginning. I mean, even in the uh, pilot, it was written that um, Assam was doing the, uh, you know, the, the, the what I think I was described, the monkey kiai, the oh, and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I, I, I was thinking, well, that's, that's, there was like we were trying to find what the balance was of imitation and respect and homage. It was definitely something that everyone was thinking about and and wanting to see how it would be. So I think it was more that we settled on that's how a son fights or that's how a son's yeah. you know gonna you know that's the base of his physicality. Um, but in terms of other things, um, we'll we'll, we'll uh, let that character. Be a character, you know. Be, be, yeah. uh, uh, you know, be uh, have his own kind of way of doing things. Bruce Lee, for me, though, was like a reference point. Um, you know, like you know, sometimes when you're playing a character, even if it doesn't necessarily come across uh, on, uh, in certain characters, you might have certain uh, people in your head that you're going, okay, this, this character's kind of might move like Jamaica or I might move like Christian Ronaldo or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and to, but, but Bruce, he definitely was, okay, that was the backstory. The, uh, I kind of tried to blend the backstory of um, Bruce Lee and the farm uh, in, in a certain way and um, how he moves physically. Uh, for me, the battle cry, the, the all and that, that and, and certain things was, was edging too much into imitation. Yeah, um, it can be seen as quite crass by doing that, but I think you've you've sort of hit the nail on the head with this. That you've got the right um, tone. It's enough. It's respectful enough. But um, our Sam is is his own character. I know you've done stunts in the past. You worked on a Fast and Furious movie, I believe. And martial arts is obviously an interest mm-hmm. of yours. Uh, of yours. I mean, what is your sort of martial arts background? Because you've definitely got the moves <laughs> in this in the show. So I trained uh, quite a lot from like ten till twenty. Um, my dad was a karate, he studied Kyokushin karate in, in Japan. Um, he taught me some stuff growing up when, when I was a bully kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I studied uh, Shaolin Kung Fu actually at, at the Shaolin Temple. And, uh, Here in London? Shifu Yanji, Shifu, uh, yeah, in London. Yeah, yeah. And, um, so my dad used to drive me up there every weekend to go training at uh, that part. And then I did Taekwondo as well. Um, 
So I did taekwondo for a while, and then I started doing the tricky kind of acrobatic stuff on the side. Um, and yeah, so I was kind of fanatic, fanatic as, a, as a kid, but then I stopped at twenty. 20 and I was just, I've, I've had I had a big injury firstly which in a taekwondo competition where I basically tore my bum in half my glute smashed my um, oh hamstring yeah and I, that offset my whole spine everything so it caused all these problems um, and so uh, then I, I was like okay I just want to become an actor yeah. for a while um, and then I ended up I ended up doing stunts I ended up doing Fast and Six as a stuntman just because I need money yeah. uh, uh, as uh, one in between acting jobs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and because I could still somewhat move at the time. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I had it, but I had to pick a lot back up for this role. And uh, um, a lot of this was muscle memory and then training from yeah. Brett Chan. Yeah. Basically blasted me for a few months. <laughs> <laughs> and we should say, so you're um, planning to move over to the States. Are you looking for more TV work, more movie work? So what sort of offers are you are you getting now off the back of this? Well, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still having to audition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I'm definitely, I'm definitely being shown different uh, projects that are more uh, definitely diverse. I'm doing one now which I'm not allowed to have signed the NDA I'm not allowed to sure that. but um I, I got I got Peaky Blinders which I never thought I'd get fantastic um, which uh I've got a small world now and I just wanted to do that because I'm a huge fan of Killian Murphy yeah I wanted to see like how he worked and and uh, if we go for a season two for Warrior then I want to I want to take the, that experience watch how he works as a leading man and take that forward mm. um and, but yeah, I'm definitely being exposed to more interesting, open, uh, ethnic uh, uh, character roles. I, I, I would just want to play. I don't think I, I don't think I necessarily just want to do action or martial arts stuff. I just want to do uh, interesting uh, stories and, and characters that are different. I'd love to, you know, get to you know, to do different sides. I'd love to. I'd love to do stuff in England, honestly, as well. Yeah. I'd love to. You know, I'm. I'm, I'm a London. I'm a London boy. Yeah, I haven't been able it's, to be a London boy yet. Exactly, <laughs> and it's such a shame that you know you feel that I guess the roles aren't there aren't enough roles here because there's similar complaints that are made of black actors here as well that there's just not enough roles here in UK drama or TV theatre. You know that we're losing so many great actors. Yeah. Everyone's going to America. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll be able to come back and and and, and change that, and, and you know, maybe. I guess as part of like Idris Ind- Ind- Elba, for example, yeah. had to go over to the States, do the wire, and, and um, you know make a name for himself before he can come back and be taken seriously. And yeah. I, I, he he was he was someone that I um, thought, okay, I'm going to have to do the same thing. Yeah. And so who knows? Yeah. I mean, if it'll change, then I'll come back and do that. And either way, I'm coming back to. England, I'll be making my own films and trying to do my own thing. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, because yeah. you do, you're, you're a director, writer, producer, you've, you you have skills behind the camera as well. Is that something you would like to, you know, continue to work on and evolve over the years? Yeah, for sure, man. I want to make my own, like, I've got, I've got quite a few ideas I still want to, yeah. I want to make, I've got a few uh, independent kind of films and even, even some of them actually got some kind of martial art themes because it's about a disgruntled actor who, <laughs> <laughs> who, uh, who tried to make it, and uh, he gets involved in all these things. And uh, but yeah, I still I want to come back. I, I still I love to. I, I want to still make my own uh, films, and hopefully, Warrior uh, and all that will help me be in a position where I can 
get stuff funded and, and, and you know all that stuff. Yeah. So I, I've definitely got I've definitely got a few in me that I'm like I have to before I die. Uh, I want to I want to try and make some of these things amazing. For sure. Well, Andrew, you've got to keep in touch with us and uh, let us know. We uh, we we'd love to help to uh, promote all that stuff. Andrew, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much, man. Thank you. <laughs> hey, you're a pretty good fighter. You didn't do too badly yourself. There we go, Andrew Koji there. Very cool to be able to chat to Andrew, and we wish him all the best with Warrior and all of his future endeavours. We especially can't wait to find out what that top secret project is. It's clearly a big one, so we very much look forward to seeing what that turns out to be. Andrew is on Instagram. You can follow him at Koji Andrew. Okay, it's Shannon Lee time. Shannon is not only the executive producer of the show Warrior on behalf of the company Bruce Lee Entertainment, but she is also the head of the Bruce Lee estate, responsible for managing the name and image of Bruce Lee. She also runs the not-for-profit organisation, the Bruce Lee Foundation, along with her mother and Bruce Lee's widow, Linda Lee. They do a lot of great work, so go and check out the Bruce Lee Foundation if you haven't already. Shannon is also the host of the Bruce Lee podcast, which is a great listen and focuses a lot more on Bruce Lee's philosophical outlook on life so go and check that out and you can keep up to date with all things bruce lee via the website brucelee.com and by following at bruce lee on twitter facebook and instagram so i'm going to play a little bit of the intro music to warrior which will play us into my conversation with the great shannon lee Warrior has premiered now. The feedback online and the reviews online as well have been fantastic. Great write-up in uh, Hollywood Reporter, four stars in Rolling Stone. You must be over the moon with the reaction of this show. Is that fair to say? <laughs> yes, I'm very happy. I'm, I'm, I mean, I always thought that it was a good show. I was very happy with it, but it's nice to see that other people are enjoying it as well. Do you read much into the reviews? Like, have you been scouring the internet since it launched <laughs> to to read the reviews? I, or? I have not. Um, I do get sent the reviews and I will, you know, just sort of gl- glimpse at them. But I'm not really, uh, you know, I, I, le- I try to lead my life uh, through what I feel is right and the authenticity of who I am as a human being <laughs> as opposed yeah. to what other people think so um while it's not you know good to sort of get some feedback and things like that i i try not to put too much uh uh stock in other people's opinions yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not but it's it's lovely when they're saying when they're saying nice things as well isn't it so i guess that's, yes that's, of course that's very good. yes yeah yes <laughs> Um, and and how are you how are you feeling at this stage of the journey then Shannon because this has been a long process I guess to to get this show 
up and running to get it off the ground. I mean, if we go all the way back to your dad's initial, you know, vision for this, this goes way back to the, you know, the late 60s. So you were obviously the main impetus for getting this show off the ground. That's that's right, isn't it? Well, I would say um, yes and no in the sense that um, the, the the source material was in my possession, for sure. Um, yeah. You know, my father created it, as you say, back in the late 60s, early 70s, and um, and then that show did not come to fruition, and, and it belonged, uh, it sat in our family uh, for decades. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there were a number of notes but the and drafts, but there was also like a final eight page treatment that he that was typed by him um that was sort of the clean presentable pitched version that he gave to the network uh well to warren brothers and um and that served as as the sort of kernel of of the idea. Um, and then we also had a number of his notes and thoughts and sketches and, um, and drafts, um, that he had worked on so that we could sort of also get into his brain a little bit, and see his thought process, which is also really nice. What was the process then to actually, you know, take that to Cinemax and then get the wheels in motion and getting the show together? Yeah, so what I wanted to say is this show doesn't exist without Justin Lin. I really yeah. have to give him um, the proper uh, acknowledgement because even though I had this material in my possession, I was not actively doing anything with it. I had a lot on my plate and many other things I was looking at and this was is one of many treatments that my father wrote. And so while I always had sort of in the back of my mind that I wanted to do something, um, up to this point, up to that point in time, I, I hadn't found like the right partners or really gone out and actively pitched this specific show idea. Yeah. And it was Justin who called me up out of the blue and said, um, you know, I've always heard this story that your father had created this show um, for Warner Brothers back in the day and then wasn't cast and for reasons of race and prejudice and all that. Um, is that a true story? And I said, yes, it's absolutely true. And actually I have the treatment for the show. And he was like, oh my gosh, do you think there's any way that I could see it? And do you have any interest in making this show? And I said, well, yeah, I would love to. Um, so we got together and I showed him the treatment and he was really blown away by it. He thought, you know, he could really see what my father was trying to do and that it was, you know, even though it's written in a much more 70s episodic television style of storytelling, the concept and the kernel of it was very forward thinking and very, um, and very still entertaining. And so yeah. he, he said, you know, we should make this show the way your father wanted it to be made. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's- <laughs> Leave and I'll spare you for the sake of Buddha. <laughs> How close is the final, you know, thing to your dad's vision? Would you say what what were the embellishments that were that, that were sort of made along the way? Yeah, well, the the essence of the show is is all him and all in there, like sort of the the, the basic bone structure of the show, if you will. But you know, when I say it was told in. 70s episode, episodic TV style. It was more of a week adventure of the week sort of um, format as opposed yeah. to, you know, na- nowadays that kind of, people don't really consume media that way as much yeah. anymore. And so, um, but, the, but the character, the main character, who he was, uh, the, the time period, the idea that he would get caught up in the Tongs and the Tong Wars, the idea that this was, you know, late 1800s, um, San Francisco Chinatown, and that there was, um, this was right before the Chinese Exclusion Act was, was set to be passed and all of the issues that that caused for the Chinese community of the day. And, and um, some of the characters like, like Bill, the police officer, and, and uh, things like that were all... Um, in his treatment and, and that, and the fact that it was the journey of this warrior who comes across, who immigrates from China to the U S and gets caught up in all of this, um, is all in his treatment, but we needed to really flesh out the world. I mean, you know, especially if you're going to dive deep into the politics and the, and the, um, setting of the day, yeah, you know, you need to know who all the different Tong leaders are, and the different players in Chinatown, and the different players in the government, and the police officers, and the working class laborers, and all yeah. of that. So yeah, so it's there was such a, a, a big world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's a fully <laughs> rounded. It's a fully rounded world as well. And you're right. A lot of the themes from the show, whether it be you know immigration, obviously plays a huge part. Not just the Chinese community. Uh, in the show, but the Irish community as well. You're dealing with, um, you know, disenfranchised youth. You're dealing with, uh, you know, the the allure of uh, the gangster world. And you're also, yeah, you're dealing with the sort of political manoeuvring and the machinations of, of politics as well. Uh, right. Yeah, it's a huge, it's a huge concept, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a lot to have your arms around, and, and here's where I really have to acknowledge Jonathan Tropper for the amazing job that he did in yeah. building these different worlds and the way that they all intertwine and interconnect. Yeah. And, and, you know, it was our goal to be able to, first of all, do all of this in an entertaining action 
drama, right? Yeah. But also yeah. be true to the spirit of what was going on at that at that time and tell this this American story and this Chinese American experience and this immigration immigrant experience as well, you know. Um, so there's like serious historical stuff going on and there's like awesome kung fu action happening yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah because it doesn't scrimp on that and brett chan your fight choreographer has done such a wonderful job in uh you know really coming up with some really great action scenes there obviously demands the best out of your cast obviously um but you've got people in there who can really do the moves and and you know that you know it's really refreshing to to see you know that length of time it must have you must have put a lot of time into those fight scenes as well oh for sure i mean we we, that the way the action is approached in the show was very um specifically thought through um we wanted um, in, in in paying tribute to my father and his legacy, we wanted the action to feel very uh, impactful and and quote unquote real in the sense that like we want to feel the blows. We don't want it to just be fighting for fighting's sake and and you know choreography for choreography's sake either. Yeah, like the fights, we really want them to be part of the story and that yeah. it, and it's not just violence for violence sake either. It's like. There's a lot of conflict. There's a lot of characters um, that are in conflict, you know, and yeah. who are trying to sort of put forth their agenda and prove themselves in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And so we want the the action to be um, organic and natural to the telling of the story, yeah. and and have it be emotionalized as well. And and all of that is very Bruce Lee, right? And yeah, he did similar things in his movies and, and that was his brand of action. And then also we wanted it to be sort of messy. Um, there are people like um, the Assam character and the Leong character that's played by Joe Taslam and that are, that are, you know, going to have going to expertise, but, but then there are, there are a lot of characters who are just scrappy you know, they have yeah. knives, they have hatchets, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and absolutely. And sort of like doing the best that they can, right? And yeah. then you have sort of the pugilistic style of the, of the, of like Leary and his, you know, out back behind the bar fights and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. so, you know, we wanted each character to have their way of moving their body and they're different and a different level of it. And it's very impactful and part of the story and all of that. So, so there was a lot of thought given to like, who is the character? How would they fight? How would they defend themselves in this environment? And what skill level do they have? And then making all of that happen. Is that one I bastard here? Who the hell are you? You dare call our boss that? What do you think your dad would have made of the show? You know, I think he would be thrilled. I think, I think, um, I think he is thrilled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, has, there, <laughs> there has been a really great energy and enthusiasm around the show from the beginning. And um, I think everyone is really excited to be a part of the show. I think the way it came together um, and, and, you know, was, was really beautiful and with a lot of energy. And I, and I think that he would be thrilled to see his story idea brought to life, finally, like front and center in media with a 
Asian cast and uh, and a beautiful cast throughout. Yeah. And he 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 might and, have wondered uh, what how it took so long <laughs> to get the show yeah, made. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. Well, he wasn't here to like push it yeah. through. So. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, but, but it's yes. true to say that you know the uh, you just don't see a show like this. You know the issues mm-hmm. that Bruce Lee was dealing with uh, in his lifetime are still issues that are being dealt with today. And you know accurate representation and diversity. Uh, you know he yeah. must have been uh, you know obviously thrilled that the show now is being done. But even ten years ago, would this show have been made? You know, I don't know. Um, it, it feels like the show was made in exactly the right time. We did yeah. start working on it prior to like the current administration being in office and prior yeah. to some of the more uh, prevalent um, representation things that have happened um, in culture for um, for Asians in particular. But but at the same time, there were there was already a lot of uh, this conversation happening, and it felt like if if a show could really get made that in this way and to the degree that we wanted it to be made, that now is the time that it could be made. And it just so happened that as we were preparing it and putting it together and bringing it to life, you know, immigration became a huge forefront um, conversation and topic in. Yeah. American in, in America and in the world, and um, and also you know Crazy Rich Asians came out and Oscars yeah. for White and you know all of that started sort of like happening at the same time as well and so it really was just part of the energy around um, making this the perfect time for this show yeah. even though we had started it prior to that it you know I feel like. Uh, the energy was headed in that direction already, and now and now the show happens to come out at a time that is extremely. Um, we're able to tell these stories, and yeah. it's very relevant to yeah. the culture of now. As the head of, uh, I know that working with your your mum as well in in protecting the you know the image and the name of Bruce Lee. Do you ever feel, you know, that's that's quite a burden, isn't it? In a way, or quite, it's quite a lot of pressure to uh, to live up to that because you've got to make decisions that, you know, mm. are they've got to be viable, uh, good business decisions. But also, at the end of the day, you've still got to respect what you know your father's philosophy, his values. How do you find that? Uh, it's definitely a challenge. I I I have definitely erred on the side of. Um, of trying to do what I think is best for my father's um, legacy and philosophy and values over making good business decisions. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, because you must um, get approached all the time with business mm-hmm. propositions and, you know, it must be tough for you to, you know, you've got to make that judgment call then, haven't you? Yeah, for sure. Um, I am approached all the time and, and I have to say, you know, my guiding North Star is my father and his values and his philosophies because he's, he's you know, really setting the tone for what I feel needs to happen now. Am I perfect? Do I make bad decisions sometimes? Yes, definitely. Do things that, you know, not work out a lot of times or uh, aren't successful or, or whatever? Yes, of course. But um, yeah. 
Um, but in general, um, I really try to stay true to what I think my father's values and vision for his own energy and his own legacy yeah. were. And, yeah. um, and that's very helpful because it makes it, it makes it easy to say no, yeah. <laughs> which, is yeah. a, which is a lot of times, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a difficult decision to sit with, but I also have, you know, my mom to check in with at times like, yeah. Hey, I'm on the fence about this. I'm not really sure, you know, and as time goes on and I have more experience at it, I get better at, yeah. at knowing what, what that should be and what that yeah. is. <laughs> You were four when he passed away. Um, mm-hmm. w- do you do you have memories of of him growing up? Do you do you still remember those? Um, yeah, my memories are very. Um, I mean, you know, they're they're very much like glimpses. Like I, yeah. my memories start when we were living in Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, period, like, <laughs> whether they involved him or didn't involve him, that's where they start. <laughs> yeah. Because um, he was out there making was, movies then, wasn't he? When you were when you were really young, like, that was just as his film career was sort of taking off, really, in, in Hong Kong. Yes, I mean, he went yeah. to make his first, the, the first movie he made, he, he went off and made We Stayed Behind in California, and then... Yeah. Um, once that movie came out, it was successful and he was going to do more. Then we moved to Hong Kong and, um, when I was two. And so, um, and so my memories, you know, I have memories of him at our house or visiting him on set because we used to go to set quite often to visit him. And, um, because back in those days, um, they filmed the movies without sound. So you could have kids in the, on the side, you know, yeah. not having to be, you could have a three-year-old on set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lovely um, photo of you guys, you and Brandon and your mum with Bruce on the game of death set. I think there's some really nice behind yeah. the scenes shots of, uh, of that. Um, but, but you yeah. were, you were too young to remember, I guess what that, what, what that was like, or was it just like, Oh, there's dad over there. He's just doing, he's just working, just doing what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, I don't have those sort of long-form memories like, oh, I remember that when he came over and said this or we did that. I I have more sort of like glimpses of like imagery of him in my mind, like in different settings. Um, But the thing I would say that I remember the most and and, um, is my deepest and probably most pure memory of him is... Um, and I thought for many years, I thought I was crazy because I was like, why do I feel like I know this person so yeah. well? Like, like when you ask me the question, like, you know, do you, you have to make decisions and is that hard? And certainly it's hard for a number of reasons, but I've always had this sense of like, I know him and I kind of know what yeah. he would want. Um, and I used to think like, well, I must just be insane because how could I possibly know that? But <laughs> But the, but the truth of the matter is, I remember what he, he felt like. I remember his yeah. energy. I remember the feeling of him. And the feeling of him was so powerful and so and so impactful to me as a toddler that that I had that. And I yeah. and so there's a part of me that's like, oh, I know this guy, you know. 
Um, And in a way, like I know him in the most pure kind of way because um, I don't have that time when I was 16 and wanted to go out on a date and he got mad at me and you know what I mean? Like, yeah, those rebellious, (laughs) those rebellious years. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or that time that he, you know, punished me for this or that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. um, So, or how controlling he was of me growing up or whatever, you know? Um, and what I have is this like imprint of this sort of like energetic imprint of him on me. Yeah. And, but did you ever feel it, a slight sense of, cause when you were growing up, did you ever feel yourself sort of distancing away from, cause I know you did some martial arts, but, um, and yeah. I know that you appeared in, in movies as well. You had, uh, you made movies in Hong Kong in, in America as well. Uh, and I know you were mm-hmm. very passionate about singing. So you seem to have lots of, different interests growing up but then (laughs) you know did you feel like was there a burden to be like I've got to get into the martial arts I've got to do (laughs) you know get into movies or 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 not so much no you know I really have to acknowledge my mom my mom never forced us kids to do um you know oh because you're Bruce Lee's child you have to do martial arts or you have to be get into acting or you know, my brother, from the time he was born, as far as I can tell, <laughs> throughout his yeah. whole life, wanted to act. And he loved acting. Um, after my father passed away, he did not study martial arts. He didn't come to it until he was um, in, uh, quite a bit older. Yeah. Um, I also did not study martial arts um, during my childhood and also came to it when I was older. But I think for both of us, um, we, we wanted to, you know, my, my brother didn't want to necessarily do action movies. He wanted to just, he loved the craft of acting and he wanted. Yeah. But he saw that as a good way in, I guess, to the industry. And if you're Bruce Lee's, you know, children, then that's obviously that's an avenue that, (laughs) that it's going to be readily available to you, isn't it? I guess. Right. And exactly. And so, but both of us came to martial arts because it was a way for us to know our father. I mean, that's, that's why I came to it. I was like, you know, I, I want to know. He was so passionate about martial arts. I mean, it was his, his thing. It was his love, you know? (laughs) And he even, he even created his own art. Right. So, and, um, and, and so I wanted to know what that was. And so that's why I started studying. And then, you know, in terms of acting and, and, and doing action and all that, again, um, as you say, like I, I love the creative process. So I love to act. I love to sing. I love to write. I, I even love to like just make things, (laughs) (laughs) um, uh, with paint and glue and all that, you know, but, um, but I even approach, doing what I'm doing now as an active creation. Like I don't, I have a degree in music. My degree is in vocal performance. I'm a classically trained singer, but um, so I don't really, I don't have a a business degree or, you know, an MBA or any of that kind of stuff. I just, so I see all of this as, okay, we're going to run a business. We're going to figure out what the best thing to do. That's an act of creativity. Okay. Who do we talk to? What do we do? Like yeah. what's possible? Let's figure it out. And yeah. so, 
you know, for me as well, I really didn't enter into acting with the idea of doing action stuff. But again, like you're Bruce Lee's kid. Those are the offers that you get. Yeah. But it, but it strikes me as like, did you get sick of that after a while? Because you definitely, you made a few action movies and then were you just like, I'm out. This is, this is not, not for me. You know, my acting career. So I started uh, talking to my brother. I was Brandon's assistant on his film Rapid Fire. Yeah. And then during that time, I started talking to him. I was still living in New Orleans at the time. And during that time, I was talking to him about moving back to L.A. and, and starting an acting career and that I was interested in that. And, you know, he gave me the big brother speech of, like, it's really hard. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of rejection and all that. But then he also said, you know, but if this is something you really want to do, then then you should do it. And And I'm acting and I can help you in any way that I can help you and just know it's going to be challenging and all that. So by the time that I, so I set a plan to move back to LA to pursue an acting career um, right before my brother was killed. Yeah. So, so then my brother was killed and I had this plan and I was, and I was sort of, I really just didn't know what to do other than go through with the plan. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so back well that LA. must have taken it must have been such a <laughs> you know shock for the whole for the whole family anyway when that when that happened and i guess it would have thrown everything up up in the air uh but then yeah, yeah i guess if you if you'd already made that commitment there then even to, you know to honor your brother as well and say no you know brandon you know he believed in me i could do this so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna crack on and, and see see how far i can go with this yeah, and so, you know, I entered into all of that because it was what I had planned to do. It was, I was genuinely interested in acting, but I was now entering into it in this giant pit of despair yeah. over, you know, the death of my brother and moving back to Los Angeles where now he was not going to be. And my mom didn't live in LA anymore at that point, so I was very kind of much alone. I mean, I had grown up there, so I had some old friends and stuff that still lived there, but I hadn't lived there in several years. And so, um, and so I did go about, um, you know, pursuing an acting career, but I have to say I was in really deep grief for several years, all yeah. during that time when I, was, when I was trying to pursue an acting career. I was also just barely trying to like, be a functioning human being so yeah, yeah. it really was an ill-fated choice on my point uh, uh, on my part and um and while there's a part of me even today that's like yeah if i had an opportunity to do an acting gig like that would be really fun and in a way it'd be such a redemptive experience for the acting career that i never really could fully commit to on a heart and soul level because i i i just was a shell of a human being <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so well, you so are you are that. producing you are producing a big uh, Cinemax show at the moment. So I don't know, maybe yeah. <laughs> there might there might be an opportunity there, shall we? Yeah. But that but that's something that you haven't given up. You t that's something that you still you know you would you would look into in the in the future maybe. You know, yes. I like I said, like I I love the creative process um and and it's something i would do it's not something i would pursue as a career like i'm not no. gonna go out and 
necessarily and get headshots done and get an agent and go to auditions every day and all that. Yeah. I mean, I'm very um, interested in what I'm trying to create now. And yeah. and I've just written a book that is going to be published beginning of next year and about my father's philosophy and, and how to use it in your life and all that. And I, and I see right. these like creative outlets at, such as acting or singing, which I still do from time to time um, as, as, you know, beautiful um, moments in time where I get to funnel some creative energy. And so, yes, if a project came along and it, and it, and it was the right thing or it felt, and it felt good and there was time and it, and it felt like really something um, creatively interesting, then, then yes, I would definitely yeah, understand yeah. that. Stop it. Lee Tong Hao, what do you want? I want one of your men. I want to talk just quickly about the Bruce Lee Foundation as well, because that's that's a tremendous uh, uh, thing that you do there. Can you explain a little bit about the origins of that and your involvement in the in the Bruce Lee Foundation? So the Bruce Lee Foundation came into being in two thousand two, so it's been yeah. a, around for a been while. A um, there was a prior a foundation prior to that with a much bigger board that was primarily focused on preserving my father's art of JKD. Um, yeah that kind of, you know, uh, had a, had a moment in time and then, and then got very complicated and it's difficult to run a charity and a nonprofit yeah. and, and, and all of that. And so that organization, um, went away and, and in the wake of that, I thought, you know, there's, there's still some really good work we can do by putting forth, you know, educationally sort of, um, uh, my father's, um, Dance as a, an, an eternal student, and yeah. and the drive he had to educate himself and grow as a human being, and 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 I want to continue to pass that message along. And how can we do that? So, you know, the foundation has it, it's a very small organization. It started uh, as a it's very grassroots, and and it's been through many different machinations and done many different things, such as. Um, We've done college scholarships. We've done um, events. We've we've um, uh, done um, museum exhibits and displays. Um, yeah. And now we're doing um, our Camp Bruce Lee project, which is to bring sort of this mind, body, spirit, philosophical martial arts experience to kids in a camp-like setting. Um, uh, around my father's legacy, um, so so we're always sort of looking for ways to like continue to bring his message forward on an educational level through the foundation as much as yeah. possible. And are you surprised at you know younger the younger generation? How many people have you know heard of Bruce Lee and are still inspired by Bruce Lee? That must be quite a you know humbling and quite a heartwarming thing as well, Shannon. Yes, uh, definitely. I mean, I. I um, uh, am amazed uh, by sort of the the organic Bruce Lee discovery that continues to happen. I mean, yes, over the last uh, many years, I've helped to amplify that, but for many decades, it it amplified itself uh, entirely on my father's own uh, steam, if you will. Um, And that's... 
And that's because he, he led a, a very intentional and impactful and inspirational life. And um, he had this foundation of personal work and personal growth that, that drove him and that um, made him the force of nature that he was and, and also um, left behind this wealth of, of information and teachings and learnings from him that can continue to be amplified. It's, a, it's an interesting thing to me because, you know, other than sort of, I mean, the Internet and social media has helped a lot. But, yeah. you know, we have ac- across our, our social platforms something like 25 million um, people. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Most of I'm, them I'm one of them. are between... <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and most of them are between ages of 13 and 34, like 80% of them. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't and that amazing? So, and you think, think that, you know, your father passed away in, what, 40, uh, 45 years ago? 40, yeah, 40, 40, 46 years, ago. years yeah. Yeah, and wow. so it just goes to that 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 his life and his teachings and and what he believed and how he lived are still very relevant and inspiring today. So, Warrior season two, surely that's a thing that has to happen. <laughs> we are hopefully we are hoping so. Um, yeah, it helps that the response is very positive to season one. So yeah, um, so yep, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Wood, all of that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and the general being an executive producer and taking that role on a big show, how are you? Fi- I know you've produced you've produced things in the past, but you know how how are you finding it this this time around? You en- are you enjoying that role? I am. I'm really enjoying it, and and this is definitely the most sort of serious producing job I've ever I've ever done. Yeah. I mean, to be an executive producer on a TV show is to be the highest level of producer on the show, and one of them. And you know, being involved from you know from from the, the from seed to germination to you know um, fruition, and reading all the scripts and interviewing the writers and sitting in the casting sessions and giving notes on all the cuts and all of that. I mean, it's been a really uh, wonderful experience for me and um, I hope to do more of it. Well, best of luck, Shannon, with uh, you know your next uh, adventures, and uh, you've done a re- you've produced a really you've produced a really great show, Warrior. It's 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 fantastic viewing. So uh, yeah, congratulations. Oh, thank you so much, Ben. I really appreciate it, and I'm glad that you are enjoying the show. And thank you for the conversation. Cool. Thank you so much, Shannon. Take care. Bye bye. Shannon Lee there. So good to talk to Shannon. Quite unbelievable, really, a real treat. Never would have thought that um, since starting up this podcast that um, be able to get to chat to Shannon. So that was a real privilege to be able to do that. Shannon does sterling work in helping to promote and inspire future generations about the teachings and work of her father through various channels and platforms and we very much applaud her for all the hard work that she does there once again the new show is called warrior it is produced for cinemax by perfect storm entertainment tropper inc productions and bruce lee entertainment it stars andrew koji kieran Bu, olivia cheng diane doan dean jagger langley kirkwood hoon lee and Joe Taslim, I don't think I mentioned earlier that Joe Taslim is in the Warrior TV show. Joe Taslim, of course, from The Raid and 
The Night Comes For Us. He is excellent in this uh, Warrior TV show. Fantastic to see him go toe-to-toe with Andrew Koji. Warrior is out now. Go and watch it. It is very good. Okay, thanks again to Alyssa at Cinemax and HBO for sorting out their interviews. Thank you to George Dennis for his technical support on this episode of the show. And a very big thank you to you, of course, the loyal Foo followers who have managed to listen to the show all the way to the very end. Thank you so much. You are great. I like you very much. (laughs) Okay, it's great to be back with you all presenting this show because of the time away you will be pleased to know that i have already got a few of these conversations in the bag uh, and some really cool interviews which i cannot wait to share with you all i will be releasing those over the coming weeks and months so to make sure you never miss an episode simply subscribe to the podcast using your podcast provider thank you so much for listening for checking back in to the show i will see you next time on the kung fu movie guide podcast until then take good care and bye for now catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.